0: Welcome back in the morning. It's a Tuesday. We're going to
1: our guy, Brian monson on Brian, happy Tuesday. Hey, guys. It's uh, my favorite time of year, man. I am. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but, but Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday out of all.
0: I oh, was just going to ask that because uh, Will and I have been talking about like favorite side dishes and like how many days in advance do you need to start fasting because Thursday it's going down. <laughs>
1: Well, you got to train. You got to drink a lot of water. You got to get that expansion. You got to get develop that elasticity, right? And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then you're then you're hopefully going to be able to avoid those meat sweats on Thursday at some point. But, um, but yeah, no, this is my favorite time of year. I don't, I don't, I don't get caught up in the whole marketing side of you know of the, of the holidays necessarily. And this is just about family and friends and getting out and seeing things and. Being kind, that's cool. Uh, So, and 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 obviously this year, with with you know with the uh, all the craziness of Nebraska football and the World Cup kind of going on, man, I am uh, I'm busy covering covering stuff and watching things on online and 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 I think that you know you got another nice week of of football with with your kind of rivalry week weekend coming up here, and everybody should be excited about that.
0: Yeah, there's not a better time, and I'm with you. Obviously, there's other holidays, but, man, um, there's not a better time because we've been talking about traditions, and people talk about they play card games, and I'm like, what? I mean, I think there's cards that go on at our Thanksgiving, but I am locked in on eating, maybe helping with some dishes, finding my butt in a seat with a cocktail watching football.
1: I do, you know, I do partake in some cribbage. Okay. Uh, my, my my father-in-law is a is an expert cribbage player, and there are not a lot of folks south of the Red River that that either know cribbage, pitch, euchre, uh, sheep's head, um, all the games that I think that that as Midwesterners, you know, we have to kind of find ourselves doing as we're doing a lot more stuff inside during the during the colder parts of the year. Um, not a lot of folks in Texas understand or know what those
0: games are. No, they don't. That's good stuff, though. Uh, Brian, go back to last Saturday a little bit. Uh, another gun mm. punch for Nebraska. Um, we sat there. and By the way, it was the second coldest game I've ever attended in my entire life uh, as a Husker yeah. fan. Uh, when you're sitting there, the crowd was really good. Um, you saw some sparks. The defense played good. And then all of a sudden, uh, did you have the same feeling? I mean, I'm sure you watched it. Uh, in the stadium, right after – Fourth quarter, like, it wasn't that electric because it was cold. A lot of people had left at halftime because it was cold. Uh, But as soon as they scored it went 14-9, to you're like, it's about to happen against Nebraska.
1: Well, and that's my phone blew up. (laughs) It's so funny that you say that because my phone blew up and it was just, like, between, like, they're going to lose another one or please don't say that this is happening again. And I just, you know, it was such um, a – it was three quarters that that it just felt like it was going to go Nebraska's way in the end, and just seems like they've just got that that thing that they just cannot shake when it comes to pulling out these close games or finding ways to keep leads. Um, home home field advantage just hasn't meant the same thing to Nebraska as what it once did, and I'm sure I I, I, bet, imo- I bet among all the things that that Trev Alberts is sitting there, you know, probably pulling his hair out over or 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 grimacing about. That may be one of the biggest it's because coming to Memorial Stadium was such a was such a place where, you know, opposing teams didn't want to go because typically that that, that home field advantage, you know, in the pros it's worth 3 and, and you know and, and and in college times it's probably worth 5 to 7. Back in the day, it was probably worth 10 or more. You know, to come into Memorial Stadium. That's just how mm-hmm. daunting of a place it once was. And, and I remember i remember being at, you know, the loss to, to Steve Upman and, and the Washington Huskies that night. And I didn't know if the sun was going to come up the next day. Just because lose, Nebraska losing at home just never happened. I was there the night, of course, with, with Vince Young against Jamal Lord and Matt Herion. Um mm-hmm. Another one you just just did not feel like the sun was going to come up the next day. So I think Nebraska fans have just, and Nebraska in general has just kind of lost that edge in what in that edge of what playing in front of the in front of Husker Nation and ninety thousand plus is supposed to bring you every single week. That's why that sellout streak is so important and so valuable is because you have the. The best home field advantage in the country, period, and it just hasn't really, it hasn't really yielded the type of on the field results I think, and 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 be able to leverage essentially that kind of advantage.
2: Yeah, Brian, it's it's definitely one of the only things I think we have going for us right now is that sellout streak. We're talking to Brian Munson. I look at that game, and I, I, again, I look at the line play on both sides, you know, defense and offense, mostly offense. I just thought that old line. Uh, I thought they looked the worst all all year long, and I know we don't like to really bag on guys, but if if they're just a little bit better, we win that game.
1: I don't disagree. Uh, it, it, they seem to be <clears throat> very disjointed. Uh, they didn't seem to set protection right a number of times. Um, it, it it seems like as a as a group and as a team um, that they would uh, that they would be a little bit more. Um, uh, observant or understand, you know, what Casey Thompson has been through so far this season, what the drop-off is from him to the next guy. I just don't think in Whip's practices, number one, that you, you have an, an, an ability basically to kind of get two guys equally ready. Uh, I think you kind of have to put all your your eggs into a basket and and kind of, you know, Hope and pray that that basically nothing nothing happens to where you have to go to the next guy and I, I think that essentially that's shown um, but I, I think beyond that too, I think there's been a maybe one thing that i I, I don't understand why it's not happening, and I, maybe maybe whip and and coach Joseph have you know some sort of uh, understanding better than I do, but I've not seen any type of holding the running back in to chip anybody off of the edge. And I don't quite understand why that's not happening because I'm thinking with a little additional protection, you might get that extra half to three quarters of a second that allows Casey Thompson to kind of get his feet underneath him and find a person downfield and make that throw. Uh, or or give the ability basically for him to have a lane open up and, and let him kind of pull it down and run it for five to seven yards or more. I, I just feel like there's been a there's been an aspect of of their protection in particular where they don't get into any type of additional not even like max, it's just a guy that's gonna chip and maybe go out to the flat and and, and do like a flood route or something. I just don't feel like that's happened enough and I don't I don't understand why.
0: Yeah, it's uh, interesting. Something that I think is also interesting, maybe not given enough credit, is the job that Bill Bush has done uh, yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously not equating to wins, but I firmly believe that that defense has played good enough to win three of the last four football games. When you look at it, totally it, what, what is it like, 130 I, less yards, 10 less points? And, and, and I think they've done a really good job on the four, uh, at least three of them. Maybe
1: all four, but I mean, the, some of the best running backs, in, like in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, and I felt like they did a good job against Michigan. I mean, I don't think they had much of a much of a chance against Michigan, being where where they were at and just being kind of simply outgunned. But they they did a good job against it's Corum, right? The kid that yeah, tore Corum, up with yep. me the next week yep. did a good job against him, and and that's a tough back. I mean, he's the kind of guy that gets lost among the trees, and all of a sudden when he emerges, he's at full speed and he's running past you. I mean, that's a that's a guy that was a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate right there, you know, mm-hmm. heading, into, heading into the game where he got hurt. But I, I'm with you. I felt like Wisconsin was very winnable. I felt like Illinois was winnable. Um, and I felt like Minnesota was winnable. I mean, I, I, I felt like between the breakdowns up front with the offensive line, and I felt like with some questionable offensive play calling, um, I felt like the defense did their part to allow the nebraska to to allow Nebraska the opportunity to win the offense just couldn't hold up their end of the bargain and and, and I felt like that was probably the most discouraging thing and I know Nebraska was obviously dealing with some injuries, and at one point they were down to their third quarterback, you know with both Purdy and Thompson being hurt so um I, I know that there's obviously some hidden things in there, and i'm definitely not trying to look past that or speak past that I'm not, I'm not at all but I think, in terms of what the defense has had to do to give their to give their team an opportunity to win, they've done it.
2: We're talking to Brian Munson. Brian, I want to ask you about you know the coaching situation right now. Obviously, Mickey mm-hmm. is still a possibility, but after looking at what's gone on these past few weeks, it, you know, if you were a bookmaker, what odds would you put on on Mickey Joseph to to become the next head coach? Do you think it's you know good odds or bad odds?
1: I'd have to say that they were on the bad side just because I, I know that no formal interview has taken place. Um, I think that Nebraska, you know, has had a chance to to see Mickey have some success where he's gone out and he's beat Indiana and he's beat Rutgers. And uh, I don't know if Nebraska is able to pull off either one of those two games. Following Oklahoma if they don't make the change at head coach or the change at defensive coordinator, so I'm giving credit where credit is due now um, but then you saw these other really close games that that kind of you know kind of come and go and and I just maybe another observation and and again i I think what I've always said this and and I think i I'll, I'll reiterate it you know this team kind of is what it is, but this team isn't last year's team even in my opinion. Um, this this team is lacking you know some 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 playmaking this team is lacking i think the offensive line has has maybe even possibly regressed um and and that's that's kind of difficult to understand and and i and i wish i had a better understanding or a better reasoning for for why it is that things like that are are happening to nebraska but I would say absolutely that that's the case. I just don't feel like things have taken a step forward much there. And I know that with Prasca going down again, that was a pretty clutch piece. And there's been kind of the ultimate moving guys around, trying to find the right thing. But just don't feel like Nebraska went there with the right combinations to kind of begin with. Prasca was still knocking the rust off, trying to get past the physical and the mental side of that injury. I I don't think I'd put the odds at very high right now with Mickey. I just I, I would be very very interested to see what he could do as a head coach, let me just make that clear too. I I think with him with some capable defensive coordinators and some other guys that that love to recruit as much as he does, I'd be very interested to see what somebody like him could do. I'm just not sure that Trev Alberts is going to be willing to take that type of risk because ultimately he's going to get judged on this hire. This is Mm -hmm. going to come down to him, and this is what his – but his tenure and what his you know, time as Nebraska's AD is going to be judged by. Who, who did he replace Scott Frost with? And what was their success after they made that change?
0: Uh, but I think something else interesting, and you've been through this, uh, as you've been doing this a long time, is the timing of whatever's announced, if it, whether it's Coach Joseph or someone else, is the timing of this recruiting class and how it stays together yep. because I like we said, I said earlier this morning I think we're third and goal right now in this process. You're third and goal. You got to come up with something cuz you're what Friday you're fourth and goal, you're in the National championship and you're on the and you're going for two to win it coming yep. up real quick. Uh what is how does that that timeline is escalated? I mean, I hope if it's not coach Joseph, that coach Joseph is on the staff cuz you mentioned last week how critical it was that he's a part of this staff or whatever staff because of that class that he's helping put together that connects sure. it with Coach Joseph. But whoever the new person is, if it's not Mickey, uh, talk about that timeline because you're running up against from the time being hired to December 5th.
1: I think we can take a lot away after this weekend. If, if, the, if nobody is named, let's say Saturday, Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. let's just get through to Tuesday. If there are no announcements to take place, that tells me one of two things. Number one, that that coach is probably in conference championship week. Or number two, potentially, he's you know still coaching professionally. You know, or, or they or they haven't gotten into a, a, the terms yet, quite yet, when it comes to be able to make that announcement. And I I think that they would have that done if if that coach is if that coach is available currently, like a Matt Rule um this is a great example know an example truly really like that is, is urban meyer but I, I think if you were if you were really looking at a guy that that, that wasn't actively coaching someplace i think that you're going to have things in place going into basically black friday and say we've got this deal sewn up <clears throat> you know we're going to make an announcement on sunday we'll do the the basically we'll walk you out and give you the first glimpse of Nebraska media on monday and then you're then you're going to work. Um, but if you don't hear that or see that by like Monday Tuesday, chances are that coach is still coaching someplace in the championship week. So I would kind of then you know want to look around a little bit more at what what that really means who those coaches are. So, but then you start getting into into some expensive time. I'm writing a three and out right now about about the expensive the expense of each one of these weekends is starting to add up. Mm-hmm. You missed an official visit weekend with Quantrail Travis last weekend. You're going to miss potentially more time, you know, coming up here very very shortly with uh, other junior college kids that maybe aren't in the playoffs or won't won't be, won't win this next weekend. You know, when it comes to the playoffs, and then you got transfer portal stuff opens up on December fifth. So your your kind of drop dead date is twelve four. You've really got to make an announcement on a hire by twelve four. That's that's really that date that I you, everybody's got to have circled on that on their calendar. If that hire doesn't happen by then, boy that those those that tab, those costs start adding up very, very quickly. It's capa, it's compound interest, too, when it comes to what we're talking about in lost time when the portal opens.
2: We're talking to Brian Munson. Brian, going on over to some recruiting stuff. Uh, last night you had Westside and Dredna going down. A really entertaining game. And Tristan Alvano, kicker for Westside, he did some good things for himself as well
1: uh i could not get over so first of all i talked to him after he picked up the preferred walk on offer and uh what a great kid um, you know he's kind of he's kind of always been or understood that kickers are kind of at a different timeline and you know he would he he has to wait it out a little bit more because these, co- these coaches are going to get back they're going to do some roster management they're going to figure out who's staying who's leaving and and what kind of other additional needs they need in the class and typically kickers are kind of last and, and he knows that. So he, he however, uh, goes out with a preferred walk-on, an Army offer in North Dakota State. I think maybe Air Force 2 is in there as well. Um, and uh, goes 5-for-5 five five with, a, with a long of 50. And the long from 50 is good from 60. Just mm. just smoked it, crushed that ball. Um, and then he gets a chance to go in there with a game-winning you know, field goal. Uh, after Gretna had just taken the lead, uh, and Flores and had just gone gone down the field like he had done all night, and you give Westside just enough time, and you realize that you've got you don't have to get that far down the field, and they get a return out past the 30. Um, so they've only got to go about 30 yards to kind of put Alvano into a position to where he can go ahead and kick it. It was just. It was an amazing it was an amazing game and Alvano picks up a, an offer this morning from Nebraska. It's his first D one non service academy, you know, kind of offer. But he's been to Oklahoma twice, he's been to Iowa, he's been to Iowa State, he's been to Arkansas. Um he's waiting on a number of things to kinda happen and I'm sure everybody's taken note of his performance last night because he was clutch and he has got he was Not only was he 5-for-5 five five up to 50, but he was 8-for-10 on kickoffs with touchbacks. And some of those kickoffs were super deep into the end zone. And he and remember, he's kicking off of the deck. He's not kicking off the one-inch pad that you're allowed to in in, in in high school football. So a lot of times guys have to make that adjustment and when it goes to college football. And he won't have to. He's doing it the way the college guys are doing it right now, and he's kicking it 50-plus easy with Packers. Mm. Pretty 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 amazing. I could not believe what I was actually watching last night, either with Flores or with Albano. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, Rez, the Rezoch kids from West Side and and Benning all had great nights as well. It was a real 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 entertaining game to watch.
0: Yeah, it was pretty really impressive and they got the dub. Uh something that was impressive was watching all the snow in Buffalo as they were in Detroit. <laughs> uh getting it done i i I get why they did it i understand why they did it but it would have been a lot of fun to watch uh that game take place in buffalo but we get the player and team safety and the fan safety and all that stuff they were dealing with but they end up getting it done right 31 23 still beat up out there seven and three and then uh even better uh your morning will get kicked off coming up on a thursday with the uh lions
1: i'm i'm very excited about that obviously and, and uh I just feel like I'm still struggling to kind of figure out what this offensive identity is supposed to look like. I think ever since the loss to Miami, they've been kind of struggling to find their way. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that Ken Dorsey even knows like what that offense is supposed to be. They they just have faded in the second half. Thank goodness. They've got an amazing field goal kicker. Um, you know, Bass is one of the best in the league. So uh, that's, that's, that's real. That's really been really been huge. But I mean, there's, there's, simply a disconnect they they did run the football very very well on Sunday I mean mm-hmm. I thought they were like what 130 or 140 yards rushing I think yep. and Singletary gets in and Cook Cook looks like he's finally taking some shape and and, and I swear uh, Naheem Hines is gonna he's gonna bust one he's gonna he is gonna be able to take one back to the house very very soon he is he is just beyond quick on kickoff so I, I think some things are falling into place but I really would rather some of this offensive identity stuff get get kind of taken a look at. With Stefan Diggs not seeing a, a target basically like three quarters through the first half, that's not right. And, and you, you need to be. And I don't care if you're bracketing him or whatever, and you're focusing on McKenzie and Dawson and, and Davis at that point. I don't really care. Diggs, Diggs is going to find a way to get open, and you got to find him. And, and and so they did for the touchdown. But but obviously, uh, I, I think there's still some disconnect there on the offense. I think it starts with Kim Dorsey.
2: Brian, you mentioned uh you were watching some World Cup Mexico and Poland going on right now. That draw for the US yesterday that was kinda disappointing.
1: I, I agree with you completely. Um I don't like I don't like blaming refs too much, but um I, I had a hard, hard time with the penalty kick. I thought that they were that he was incredibly card happy throughout the entire contest. Yeah. Um I felt like though it's a different it's a different American team this year. Um, that's a that's the youngest team in the field, I believe, and you can see it. You you can definitely sense that these guys are about taking it to them and applying pressure. But then they, they, they kind of kind of stayed like with Wales took over the momentum or at least when they changed from left to right. It seemed like all the momentum was going left to right and never went right to left. I, I just felt like U.S. kind of went back uh, and said okay, let's not lose, as opposed to let's just stay with the game plan. Um, I don't think the game plan was risky at all to begin with. And if they held the ball with possession, you know, so incredibly long in the first half. Really would have liked to see them stay with that game plan, but something clearly changed between first and second, and Wales dialed it up, and, and U.S. kind of pulled back a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with England on Friday, and I think they play – turkey after that on the 29th i can't remember who the the third game is but you know you're kind of at that 50 50 right now whether or not you can advance to the round of 16 with the draw in that first round if they would have won probably would have gone up to 90 percent that you're going to advance now all of a sudden some things have got to happen right and you got to you got to be counting goals and And stuff like that. So things get a little tricky and they get kind of out of your control. And I don't think that's where the U.S. wants to be right now when it comes to, you know, getting in here to the World Cup and being able to just kind of win on their performance alone.
0: Definitely exciting Uh, coming up Friday. uh, There's a lot going on. I mean, we were just talking locally on Friday. Um, Just being in Lincoln uh, around, you have um, World Cup action. You have Black Friday game. And then, um, I don't know, maybe the hottest ticket in town, uh, Nebraska-Wisconsin, at the Bob playing some volleyball.
1: Oh, yeah. How about Um, that? I will be tuned in. So I think that the World Cup is either at 1 or 2 on Friday. And then I think Nebraska's at 2, obviously. And then the game for Wisconsin is at at night, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like a 7 o'clock start.
1: So I've got my whole day planned, and then I head back to Texas after that. So um, I, I'm I'm more than happy to be camped out in front of the television set on Friday. I, I'm, I'm sure I won't be feeling like doing too much otherwise.
0: No, not at all. Well, Brian, man, we appreciate you, my friend. Uh, safe travels, and you and the family have a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon.
1: Hey, same to you and all your listeners. Be safe out there. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks,
0: Thanks Brian. I appreciate you. Brian dot com. Good stuff.
1: Very good stuff. Jack
0: of all trades, by the way. Love the fact that he's. Uh, we throw anything in there, and him. he just
2: does it. Uh huh. He just does. It. Like World Cup, he's watching it. He's watching it right now. He's talking about like he knows what he's talking about with it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah, you got Mexico and Poland uh, playing right now. That one's just getting a halftime 0-0. Zero, zero. Oh, at halftime, a lot of those probably. for that game. Yeah, a lot of zero 0s
0: Not a lot of high scoring. No, not a lot going on there. So, uh, well, uh, we only got a few seconds left, don't we? Yep. Few seconds. So tomorrow, last day of the week for everybody. Last day of the week for us. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be tomorrow. We're going to pick our NFL games. We're going to pick some college games. Uh, Robin Washett, HuskerLine.com, will join us. Um, and I believe we'll have comments from uh, Coach Mickey Joseph today. He okay. will talk today. This will be right before uh, it'll be a scheduled time, I believe, eleven thirty. So have some stuff from him and a whole lot of you. And um, we'll talk turkey. A lot of that. Turkey. Turkey. So packed, yeah, packed a day tomorrow. So I love what Brian said, by the way, and I think it went on un, on un, said, being kind is cool. Okay, just because it is, take care of everyone, be safe out there. You know, watch each other's backs. It's the holidays; a lot of stuff happening. So take care of yourselves. Whether you're shopping, gets dark early. You know, you know, just pump the brakes an extra second. Yeah, all right. From Will and I, we appreciate you uh, hanging out on the morning hookup. That's a Tuesday, it will catch you on a hump day.